I didn't come in with any sort of prepared script in mind. I, I thought what I, you know, grateful and appreciative that you're working the way through Awakening for the Meaning Crisis. And I thought I'd make myself available to as many questions uh, people want to ask me. And I want to try and be here and be responsive and responsible. That, that's my intent. So I am going to selfishly ask you the first question. And, and I'm, uh, this is another question that I'm sort of nervous to ask, but since we're sort of a lot of us are in this integral community, John, this is a question that uh, has come up for us multiple times. In integral theory, um, we often like to make meaning really through the sort of the map that Wilbur created for us, the sort of the quadrants, the lines, the levels, the, you know, all that. So through when we talk about the lines of development, it's the multiple intelligences, the many ways in which we can grow. We, we tend to, whether it's the cognitive line of development, the emotional line of development, the spiritual line, the moral line, psychosomatic, whatever, there's just this multiple ways or how well one can grow procedurally, playing the piano, perhaps, even if we kind of speak in terms of the different ways of knowing, um, we, we can get better at making better propositions. We can get better at, you know, learning, procedural learning, more finesse, and we can get better in how we make and take perspectives and, yes. and how we break and make and reframe and transframe and and we can get better in the ways in which we participate mm -hmm. so in in the many various ways there is development which is something you often talk about yes. something about the integral community is that we have um, spoken often about stages of development within these various domains which I don't hear much from you and probably for a very good reason. So the, the sort of the sequential stages of development and allow me to just kind of give me a little moment to articulate as best as I can. Please. And I see the dangers of it very much. A lot of us do. You know, I admit that the integral community um, we've embraced the concept of sequence and this developmental stages, perhaps sometimes too quickly and without sufficient um, skepticism. And, and so we throw around a lot of color codes with spiral dynamics and such. You know, I want to be very aware and careful about the way in which we do that. Um, I'm also always aware of how one can blindly sort of believe in this uh, hierarchical stages, whereas the integral community prefers to say holarchical stages. Um, and there's a huge concern, obviously, for the skeptics of stages around a very valid question of who's making the suggestions about these sequential stages, because who gets to do that, you know, so that, again, I'm aware of that. And, and I'm very much aware that, you know, with the sort of the Cartesian split, there's the interiors and the exteriors, which we try to sort of see as the marriage of sense and soul in, in the sort of the in integral world. And that to some degree, there is, we've accepted to some degree that there is a whole domain of the interior that science perhaps cannot empirically sort of prove 
and and does that if that is the case do we then just deny uh, or regard as less important these stages that are perhaps being described in the interior domain so so it's still difficult for those of us in the integral world to deny the presence of these stages. And Piaget, Robert Keegan, Suzanne Kogreuter, um, Terry O'Fallon, Carol Gilligan, James Fowler, uh, Eric Erickson, Lawrence Kohlberg, Bill Torbett, Claire Graves, Kurt Fisher. There's just an endless no amount of ways in which people have studied, um, or even from, from, from really studying more history with you, just even that shift that is required to go from the circular view to the two worlds view, yes. and the, sort of the narrative, the Aristotelian levels of reality, and the, the, the progress that is there, and the purpose that is there in the narrative order. So, there is this idea in the integral community that not all agents will find a natural home in certain arenas. Mm -hmm. It's like certain arenas are not viable for some agents. Perhaps that's why I left Sri Lanka, you know? So, and I remember you drew the sort of the axis of fortune and the axis of transcendence, which is vertical. In the two episodes that are that were to be the material for this episode, with the sort of the Iris Murdoch example of the mother-in-law, you know, yes. having yes. that shift in which it's a whole systems structural transformation: the child, the adult, the sage. Yes. So, for the integral community, all of this sounds like stages of development, that, that there must be something through which we can evolve and regress, prog progress and, and, and regress. So for you, John, when it comes to individual development in any area of development, um, what would your own prescriptive and descriptive accounts look like? What, what would you need for there to be more plausibility in this idea of stages of development? Wow, that's a really great question. Uh, very sophisticated, very well thought out. Um, so um, I'm familiar, I teach some of these stage theorists, most frequently Piaget, but also Kohlberg, uh, Erickson. Um, so I'm aware of some of them. Um, and I suppose the issues that face me around stage models, oh, let, let me bring up some of the, the issues. I mean, first of all, you already named one of the issues, the psychometric skepticism issue. How are we measuring these stages? How have we validated these, these measurements? Um, uh, we've seen, uh, there's a lot of consensus that some of the stage models have sort of collapsed. Freud's stage model, very few people advocate for that today. So stage models can collapse and disappear. Um, so that's one concern. Um, and after I raise my concerns, then I'll respond to your question directly in terms of those concerns. <clears throat> the second concern is the problem of the monolithic mind. Um, this is the idea that the mind forms a sort of static whole that is in a stage and then moves as a whole to the next stage. Um, and um, that for many people, myself included, is uh, very, very problematic. 
because a lot of the tests that are supposed to indicate stage-wide development, um, if you change the test slightly, the age at which people can demonstrate certain capacities moves around very dramatically. So very famously within Piaget, Piaget said, you know, it's only about up to around a year, year and a half, two, it varies. But in that range, when children get object permits, where they get the awareness that objects exist when they're not being observed. Um, and then uh, a Canadian, Bellergion, was did some very powerful experiments that pretty convincingly show that four and a half month olds have something like object permanence. You just have to change the test. And so when you change the test and redesign how you're looking for object permanence, it suddenly goes from like two years to four and a half months. And that's for something that was pretty widely accepted in Piaget for a very long time. Um, and so, but when you look at what the kids can do, it doesn't look like full-blown object permanence, but it's definitely not a complete lack of object permanence. The line gets extremely blurry. And instead of it being chunk, chunk, it's like, well, you've got some precursors and then they're developing. And it's much more of a dynamical system kind of model. So what's becoming prevalent in dynamical systems is what's called punctuated equilibrium. Um, so punctuated equilibrium, uh, uh, it's originally drawn from evolutionary theory. So if you look in the fossil record for long periods of time, very, there's very little change. And then in very short periods, there'll be very rapid change. And then, right. And the stages don't necessarily reflect sort of internal properties of the system. That's, what not, that's not why you get punctuated equilibrium in evolution you get punctuated equilibrium because there are extinction events. And then the extinction events, which are radical changes in the environment, open up possibilities. Um, and so for me, I think the punctuated equilibrium model is very important. And then the idea that the mind is a complex recursive dynamical system that is developing at different timescales for different capacities in different ways. That seems to me uh, a more plausible model uh, for a lot of the data that I've seen. So while you can really, you can readily point to and say, well, you know, adults uh, don't have any of the problems that kids do with identity and things like that. And then it's like, yes, they do. You just have to switch from the questions you're asking kids to the philosophical questions you ask adults you give them Theseus' ship, right? There's a ship and it leaves Syracuse and it's made out of wood and it has wood in its cargo. And along the way, Theseus removes a plank and he replaces it. And then another plank rots and he replaces it until he's replaced all the planks of the ship when he gets to Athens. Is it the same ship that left Syracuse? Most adults go, um, um, yes, no, or they, uh, change the question and uh, does that mean that adults are having trouble with conservation of identity? So this is my problem uh, is that a lot of the idea of hard and fast stages and the monolithic mind and um, the fact that we can draw clear boundaries and say this problem has been left behind and it's no longer going to be faced by individuals 
Um, I see that um, significantly undermined. So I, that's why I don't talk about stages. Um, I, I think stages are taking snapshots of a movie and that really misrepresents the dynamical system of the movie. There's real change and there's real qualitative change. As you've pointed out, I continually argue that, um, but I'm hesitant to talk about stages uh, because of the reasons I've raised. Um, I, don't, I don't immediately reject either when people propose stages. I, I, I don't see them having a kind of theoretical solidity that they're often used. Now, I'm not familiar, by the way, with your stage model very much. So I'm, very, I'm also being very hesitant because I'm ignorant and I hate to speak out of ignorance. So that's why I spoke specifically about the ones I know, uh, Piaget, uh, Kohlberg. Um, they also have clear bias built into them, which is, a, so this is my final concern. Piaget's model of development is how people develop until they become like Piaget. His model of development is how, how do, that development is, is working towards making people into scientific thinkers like Piaget. Kohlberg's model is uh, a model of development on how people become more like Kohlberg. In fact, when Kohlberg was asked who was at the seventh level, he proposed Gandhi and himself um, as reaching that upper level. Um, and so there, the models, uh, the, again, I, I, I won't pronounce, I'm just saying the models that I've seen have an implicit bias um, in them in that the person who proposes the model takes themselves as a normative standard uh, for the completion of the model in an implicit fashion. Um, so, um, those are, those are my concerns. That's why I avoid talking about stages in any really sort of definitive firm way. Um, and so you can cut up a continuum uh, in various ways. And I definitely think there is punctuated equilibrium. I definitely think there's qualitative change, um, but whether or not human beings move comprehensively, completely, and finally between stages, that's something I, I, I seriously question. It's around sort of how do we then reconcile? This is this is more of a rhetoric question because in, in integral, we put these sort of the quadrants and we have the interiors yeah. uh, and the exteriors. And so what validity uh, or how do we reconcile with sort of evolution or development in the interior domain? is sort of continuing to be a puzzle, I suppose. Um, but let me also ex invite Jeff. Jeff, did you have a question around this? I can't hear. Uh, yeah, I'll unmute myself. Hi, John. Jeff Salzman here. Uh, very good to meet you and appreciate your work and your gift to the world. Um, I, I think it's uh, fair, uh, you know, th this being a sort of a Ken Wilber lineage event here. Uh, to point out that I think Ken's developmental model uh, is doesn't fall into any of your critiques in in um, that there there's not it's not comprehensive it, in that there are lines of development that people move you know cognitively morally interpersonally in have different mix for one thing so it's not it's, you know that monolithic mind. Uh, the second is that stages include, are included as we transcend. So yes, of course, adults have children's 
minds. They're sometimes buried and repressed, but they're there. Uh, the question is, do children have adult minds? And I think the answer is no, that there are stages that come on in, in history, both culturally and individually, that are new. And that, you know, even though we can point out the sort of flaws in the model and the models are simplistic, that there are general stages that we can discern in the history of individuals and in culture that, and again, particularly if you uh, include the idea that we include the earlier stages, they don't go away. And then finally, Ken Wilber's model, it doesn't end at Ken Wilber. <laughs> the, the evolution goes on. And, sure. you know, there's some ways in which uh, people theorize what future stages may be, but, the, the, you know, there's no sense that it ends. So I point out those three critiques, I think, um, you know, uh, Ken's model um, handles. Well, that's great. Uh, like I said, <laughs> I don't know the model and, um, and I'm not going to cr criticize it unfairly in ignorance. Uh, um, um, I was given the re I was giving the reasons why I don't why I don't specifically set out any stage theory in the arguments I make. I never deny, uh, and I hope that was clear. But I just want to state it again: for I never deny qualitative change. I never deny self transcendence. Um, but there's there's things that don't cleanly fit into stage models that I care a lot about. Mm -hmm.